Lord, we bless your name today. We give you all the glory. Thank you for another beautiful day, another wonderful time in your presence. We ask that you have your way in our midst this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Good morning, guys. God bless you. You, you keep coming back. That's good. God bless you for showing up. So today I decided that I'm not going to send any reminder. I wanted to see the people that would say, where's the reminder? I do not know that there's church. So I didn't send anything. But yeah, I, was, I, I myself, I was really busy this morning. But we thank God that we're all here and we're in one piece. All right. So because you laughed last week, I'm going to, give you, I'm going to share another joke with you. The week when you stop laughing, I will stop sharing the jokes. Then I know that I'm now dry. I'm no longer falling. <laughs> okay, so that's what I'm going to do. So I, I have this one here that's, you know, please, oh, this is just a joke, okay? Don't send me email. It's just a joke, all right? Uh, women, I'm begging you. It's a joke, <laughs> okay? All right, so this one says, perhaps you've heard the story of the woman who, after a long illness, died and arrived at the gates of heaven. She looked through the gates and saw the streets of gold and a beautiful banquet table with her friends and relatives rejoicing around it. What a wonderful place, she said to St. Peter, who was there to greet her. How do I get in? Peter said, you have to spell a word. And then she said, what word? She asked, Peter said, love. So she spelled love, obviously, L-O-V-E, and she was ushered in. So apparently, you have to spell something to get into heaven. It's a joke, okay? Uh And then what happened next? Sometime later, as the story goes, Peter asked the woman to watch the gates of heaven for one day. It so happened that her husband arrived while she was there. She said, I'm surprised to see you. How have you been? He said, I've been doing great since you died. I married the beautiful nurse who took care of you when you were sick. Then I won the lottery. I sold our little house and I bought a big mansion. My new, my new wife and I traveled all around the world. We were on vacation, and then I went later, you know, I went to ski uh, today. Uh, actually, I was skiing, and then I fell, and I hit my head, and suddenly I'm here. So how do I get in? He asked the wife, and the wife said, yeah, you, you have to spell a word. That's how we get in. She said, okay, so what word? Czechoslovakia. <laughs> so the guy has entered trouble. He's not getting into heaven, obviously. <laughs> All right, so this, this second one, that's why I said, women, don't, don't send me email. It's a joke, okay? I'll give you another one for today. So this one is very short. It says, in the beginning, God created the, the earth and rested. Then God created man and rested. Then God created woman. Since then, neither God nor man has rested. We have been in trouble since then. <laughs> All right, so please, again, like I said, if you are listening on the podcast or you are watching on YouTube, don't send me email. It is what? It's a joke, okay. Because some people don't like joke. You know, these days, you can't joke again. It needs more thing. <laughs> they will cut and paste and start talking, all right. Let's take our confession this morning and we'll get right into God's word. Say this with me every day and in every way. And every day and in every way. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. One more time, I'm becoming more like Jesus. In my thoughts in my words, and in my actions. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we approach your word again today like people that have found a great spoil. We ask that you give us eyes that see and ears that hear, hearts that understand who we are in Jesus and who Jesus Christ is in us. As for me, that you anoint me and my lips of clay. Let your word come today with accuracy, with power, with simplicity. Let it edify our hearts today. 
let your people be greatly edified and let your name alone be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we have been talking in this house, in this house. That's been the series that we've been on. Today is the last message in this series. But what I'm going to do today is I am going to share with you the vision of the church in a coded way, okay? Uh, Because that was the the thing that I did the very first week that we were online uh, was we talked about the vision. But today I've incorporated it into the series that that we're sharing called In This House. And some of the points that I'm going to give you are going to sound like a play on words, all right? That's because they are. So just take it as, 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 I, as I, you know, present them. But, of course, you know what we've been talking about? We've been talking about our values. What are our core values as a family? I know these early days might look like, you know, are we just going to be, you know, it's almost like we're having lunch team meeting every Sunday. <laughs> you know, that's the way it is. But, like I said, the reason why we pulled out of doing, I, uh, you know, we had to pull out of online, right, to come together like this because until you do this you don't know how many you are have you seen the the views on youtube it has been cut in half so we can see now that (laughs) you know half of the people are in this room and the other half are elsewhere you know that's the way you start to know you know what you are doing really you know the people that are with you and you can build a family like that that's the way it works all right Uh, but more importantly i want us to develop roots i want us to develop roots as a people so that we're not just you know online is very it's 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 nice but there's, you see the way we talk when we are here, it's very different. Even me, I feel different. Am I, am I the only one that feels this way? Yeah, I feel different when I, when I share with you and I'm looking into you. I can see Serge. I can see whether he's here or he's in the moon. <laughs> I can see everybody's faces. I know whether I'm connecting or not. I know whether what I'm saying is, you know, is making sense or is not. All right? So that's why we're doing this. And we, we established that churches are different. Churches are different. All of us have the same goal. In, in a way, because Jesus gave every one of us the Great Commission. That's the ultimate assignment. But the way we go about achieving that assignment is unique from church to church. And because one church is doing it differently from another church, doesn't make our church better than anybody else. So I don't want you to get a mindset that, you know, um, we didn't start this ministry based on, you know, how people go about this thing. And they say, you know, if you're tired of church, the way church is, you're tired of church, come here. This is the new thing. You know, that selling point is not... It's not appealing to me because we are all in the business of saving lives, of saving souls. That's what we are all doing. But the way we go about it may be different. The way we go about it may be different. And that doesn't make anybody better. I just need to reinforce this in your heart that what we are sharing is for us. It's for us. It's not that, you know, we're trying to be better than anybody else, all right? So the same assignment we all have, the Great Commission, it's in Matthew chapter 28. Let's go there for one second. Matthew chapter 28, if you brought your Bible, open it. If you don't have one, just look on the screen with me. I have the scriptures on the slides like, I, like, I, like I've been doing. One day I'll stop doing that. If I see that you don't bring Bible, I'll just stop <laughs> so that we can be opening it. All right? From, from verse number 16, here's what it says. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So this is the assignment of the church. This is what the church is supposed to achieve. The church exists to make disciples of all nations. That's why the church exists. The church exists to make disciples of all nations. I want to beg you today, if, you are, if, you, if, you, if you've not been taking notes in church, try to take notes today. 
because I'm sharing, like I said, I'm sharing with you the vision of this house, and I want you to, to remember it. I don't want it to just be something that you heard me say once, okay? And you can always go back to the message and listen to it again and again, all right? So that's the business of the church. How do we interpret this? Our interpretation of this is what we have called our purpose. That's the way we interpret this, this thing called the Great Commission. And this is how we have put it. We say that we exist to lead people to Jesus, to make them more like him, and see them lead others to him. I want to say this statement very slowly today so that it sinks into your mind to understand the idea. The idea is this. You see, everybody out there has the opportunity to come into the family of God. Our job is to go after them and lead them to Jesus. Whether you lead them to Jesus by bringing them here or in, the, in your per personal space, lead them to Jesus. Okay? That's step number one. Step number two is to now make that person that has accepted Jesus Make them more like Jesus in their character. Because the, the moment they get born again, their spirit has been changed into the nature of Christ. But their, their body was not, did not get born again. So it now has to confirm, conform rather to the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I will still show you this. I'm just trying to lay a foundation. All right? So we need to, that's the second part of the job. And I believe that that is the biggest part of it. That's the biggest one. Where you, 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 you try to disciple people. And discipleship is not easy. It's not easy. It's hard because human nature wants to stay away. Human nature does not want to submit. Even the sound of that word, even me, I'm feeling somehow. <laughs> human nature doesn't want to, you know, give up his authority to anybody to say, guide me or lead me or tell me what to do, you know, or show me you know, where to go. That kind of thing. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. That's why discipleship is so hard. But if you are going to mature into the stature of Christ, discipleship is the way to do it. That's the only way. And without proximity, there cannot be discipleship. There cannot be discipleship without proximity. Proximity is the key to impact. You can, you can influence someone online, but you cannot really impact someone's life online. You see, when you sit down online, you're watching, you watching everybody's, you know, uh, live stream. You are being influenced, but you are not being impacted. Impact is something that happens through discipleship. That's what impact is. All right, so this is very important that we, we understand this. So that's the second part of our assignment. The final part of it is that after we have led them to Jesus, we have made them more like him. That's not the end goal. The end goal is to now see those people that came in as just, you know, ordinary unbelievers. Now see them lead other people to Jesus. That's the win for us. So I'm trying my best to clarify the win from the beginning because churches do a lot of things. Everybody does a lot of activities. But if you are doing any activity that doesn't align with this, if in the future... I come and I say, we're going to have, let's say, for example, cultural night. I just feel like we should do cultural night. <laughs> you know, everybody wear your attire. You know, we have so many nations. Wear your attire. Come and everybody just be dancing. Do cultural night. Ask me a question. How does this align with our vision of leading people to Jesus, making them more like him, and then seeing them lead others to him? If I can explain it to you, we'll go ahead and do it. If I can't, it dies there. Can I, can I talk to you this morning? Can I talk? I'm trying not to preach. You see, I'm not even looking at my notes. I'm trying to share my heart with you that this is what it's about. Because you see, we can get to a point. We're not going to always be like this. I always tell you, forget what you are saying right now. Forget what you are saying right now. We will get to a point, guys, that people will start coming in. And they will come in with their own expectations. With their own idea of church. Everybody has their own idea of church. They, they have their idea of what... Listen to me. As you have been coming for the last... Three, how many weeks now? Four weeks or four weeks or five weeks that we've been in person. 
you have an expectation in your mind. No matter how much you like me, <laughs> no matter how much, you know, you have something in your mind that you feel like, ah, maybe if we can do like this, maybe if we can do this, maybe if we can do, all those things are good, but we, we have to, to judge them, not based on our preferences, personal preferences, but on the vision that God has given us. That's the way we judge what we need to do and what we don't do. Otherwise, we'll start doing everything. We'll just start doing everything. We'll start running around, getting to this rat race that churches are like. We'll start looking at everybody's live stream. Ah, are they doing it now? Okay, let's do it like this. This is how they are doing now. Let's do it like this. You know, this is what they are printing now. Let's print it like this. Listen, if it doesn't align with our vision, we will not do it. We won't get involved in it. And not everybody will like that. Some people will come in, they will present their expectations, we will look at it and say, ah, this is nice, so, but it doesn't align with, I mean, like the church where I did my, where my wife and I did our, our ministry internship, they don't do Sunday school. It's a foreign idea <laughs> to them. It's a foreign concept. Does that mean that Sunday school is bad? Sunday school is not bad. Sunday school is good. Sunday school is where I learned a lot of the scriptures that I memorized today. But if it doesn't align with the vision that God has given them, there's no point doing it because you are wasting your time. You are wasting your time. You have to stay with what God has told you to do and do that. That's why I'm taking my time to do this all over again, to share this with you again. This is why we exist. This is what we live for. This is why Believer's House exists. If we come to a point where we can no longer achieve this vision, we are all better off. I will recommend, if I, I will recommend the church by myself that all of us will go to and go and join. Okay? We are better off if we no longer... You are, you are laughing, Jean. I'm serious. So this is not a laughing matter. Personally, I will recommend the church because I know churches in this city that are good churches. Right? But God has given us a unique you know, aspect of this vision to fulfill, and we have to stay focused on it. Whether it is me in the future that, that gets carried away, you know, because me, I like new ideas. I like new, new things. Like, ah, let's try this. Let's try this. Once it, it looks like, not, right now, my wife is the one, you know, always giving me the checks. <laughs> they don't do it. But I want every one of us to understand this assignment, to understand this vision. So that if I say, maybe for example, I, I just hear that. There is a man of God that is coming, is in town. You know, and this is, these are some of the practical things that will happen later on. Like, you know, you just hear that there's a, a big man of God, you know, is coming to town. And you just, ah, if we can invite him to our church, you know, it will draw a lot of people. Then you start scheming, huh? how, how, how do we invite him? But what the person shares, the grace that he carries does not align with our assignments. Maybe he's going to come now and start preaching deliverance that I've never preached before. <laughs> You know, or something. You know, I'm just using this as an example. But these are scenarios that will come up later on, right? We have to be able to keep it in view to say, does this align? Does this align? Does this align? Is this something that will edify? Is this something that will build up? Is this something that will make us grow, mature, become more like Jesus? That's the whole point. That is the whole point. That's why we are here, okay? I have preached the entire message in that introduction. That's the entire message that I want to share with you. So I'm just going to run through my points, all right? So if you want to remember this, please write it down. We exist to lead people to Jesus, step number one. Step number two, make them more like Jesus. Step number three, see them lead others to Jesus. It's as simple as that. Everything is all about Jesus. We exist to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Jesus, and then see them lead other people to Jesus. That's the win for us. That's the win, okay? So, point number one in this house. This is part three. Point number one, here we come. Here we come. I told you I'm just playing on words, okay? So, what I'm saying is that here we come. That's the first thing in our purpose statement is to come. Come. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew 11:28. 28. Look at it in the New Living Translation. It says, then Jesus said, 
Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me. That's the first step. So this is our, the, the way we introduce you know, ourselves to anybody is to say, come to Jesus. This place, I don't know how else to say it, but I'll, I'll keep saying it as, as well as I can. This place is not going to be about any personality. That's why you don't see me doing funky hairstyles or, you know, doing, I know things that I can do that will make you, you know, controversial. That people will start looking for you. Ah, that guy, that guy. I know those things. I have friends who are doing those things. <laughs> who were former friends, okay? I know them. I know, you know, things. I know even the way you can dress. Ah, that you would dress like this, that you wear one shoe that everybody will be talking about it. Ah, that pastor, go and check him out. <laughs> You know, and people are doing all sorts of these kind of things. They're doing different, different things. But we're not going to build this church on that premise. It will be on the premise of the word of God, the assignment that God has given us. And the word of God is the major tool that we're going to use to achieve this assignment. That we are leading people to Jesus, we are making them more like him, and we are seeing them lead others to him. All right? So that's the way it works here. We have a culture of invitation. In this house, we have a culture of invitation. We are, we are open to inviting people. And when you are trying to invite someone to church, it's not about looking for the people that are easy for you to invite. You can start that way, right? But like we shared, there are people that don't have any other thing in common with us except Jesus. There are people like that, that they are not from where you, you, you are from. They don't look like you. Invite them. The least you can do is to invite them. There's a story here in John chapter 4. You all know the story by the woman by the well that Jesus met. It says, John chapter 4, verse 28 to 29. It says, the woman then left her water pot, went away into the city, and said to all the men, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Christ? He said, come, come, just come. That's all you need to invite people. Just say, come, invite them to come and see. That's the least we can do. People may doubt, but we still need to invite them to come and see. That's our own job. That's our assignment. That's exactly what, what happened here with Philip and Nathaniel as well, right? When, they, when he found Jesus, he said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. This is John chapter 1, verse 45 to 46. And 46 says, and Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? What did Philip say? Come and see. It's as simple as that. And people have, you know, people will come in. There are people who will come in here and they will probably maybe experience one service or two services and make up their mind that this is not their place. This is one other thing that I want to establish in your hearts today. Please, in the name of Jesus, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you with the mercies of God. If at any point in time, anybody, whether anybody amongst us that are sitting down right now, as I'm looking at all your lovely faces, you know, right now, if at any point in time, anybody decides that their time with us is over, please, I'm begging you. All these things that happen in churches where somebody left a church and the person now becomes an enemy. It's almost like you left our church, you are backslidden. Or you left our church, you're no longer a Christian. I'm begging you guys, please. Eh? You see, today I'm not preaching any fancy sermon. I'm sharing myself with you today. Please, don't let this place be a place where somebody will leave, then you now blacklist the person. You know, and say, ah, this one left our church. No, 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 no. Listen, you don't own anybody. We don't own anybody. You see, some of you that are looking at me today, <laughs> you don't know it, but some of you, you may be in Toronto next year. You don't know. Some of you may be in Vancouver <laughs> in two years' time. You don't know. It has not entered your heart yet. So does it now mean that when that time comes, we will now become enemies because, see, the only person, let me tell you, the only person, even my children, I don't have any guarantee that they'll be here with me. 
Do you think that a father will be happy? Just the, the way we, 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 we do this thing in church is very annoying to me. That we, 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 we take it as if, you know, if, I have, if I've led somebody to Jesus, I've groomed the person, the person is now, you know, is now mature. He must stay with me forever. Which father wants a child to stay with him forever? Just think about it. Is that a good father? Something's wrong with that father. If a father wants you not to, not to grow up and go out of the house, something is wrong. So this is not going to be a place. That's why our, our, our purpose is, is come, go, grow, and go. That's, I'm, I'm going to talk about that. That's the last part of it. Every single one of you will go in one way or the other. And I'm not saying all of you have to leave the church. There are some of you that will be here in, for 10 years. Some of you will be here for two weeks. <laughs> so I'm serious. That's the honest truth. Some of you will be here for two months. I have already decided that in my heart. My wife and I, we have made up our minds that we're not going to lay claim to any, anybody. The way the front door of the church is open, the back door will also be open. You can come in here and go as you like. I'm not going to, I'm not going to come after you to start saying, why did you leave our church? So which church are you going now? Tell me, tell me, what are they doing? Is it the children's church? What are they doing that you are now leaving our church? Come back, come back, come back. <laughs> no, you, you won't see me do that. I will not. I avowed it. I shall not do such. No way. <laughs> no, because you see, this is, this is, we are, we are only, I mean, before, some of you that are here, you have attended other churches before. Why didn't the pastor come and cry on my neck now? <laughs> you know, you took our member. You know, you get what I'm saying. I'm even happy that none of, none of you came from, from the denomination that we came out of. That one alone gives me joy. <laughs> it gives me special joy in one corner. But all I'm saying is, don't let us, we, we are a family, we love one another. Let's extend that love, whether people stay here or they don't stay here. Let's continue to extend that love. That's all I'm saying. So if anybody decides tomorrow that, you know, for some reason, you know, and people have different reasons for, you know, either choosing not to stay in the church or going. People have different reasons for doing it. Some of the reasons are good. Some people will find something in the Bible and turn it like this and give it to you. Whatever the reason, just let people be, right? Let people be. And we will do this work with the people that God gives us. That's all I'm saying, guys. And I need every one of us to be on the same page. Every single one of us. Not that somebody leaves the church, then you stop talking to them. Then you remove them from your WhatsApp. <laughs> then you delete them from Facebook. And you delete them from Instagram, from the face of the earth. <laughs> you are not the Almighty. You are not. You are not the Almighty. And I've seen a lot of that. Trust me, I've seen a lot of that. I don't want this to be a place like that. Everybody has the right to come. Everybody has the right to grow. And when a fish has grown bigger than the aquarium, it has to go. Otherwise, the aquarium will break. It will break. So at the, at the point, there are people that, in a few years' time, in this church, there are people that, me personally, I will push them to go and do ministry by myself. <laughs> it will not be that they will come and tell me that God is leading me. I will, once I see that this person is useful, but I will push the person by myself to say, go and do this. This is what God is calling you to do. So this place is not a place, it's a training center. This is an equipping center. It's not a place where we're we are trying to keep people and cage everybody and build one empire that is, no, 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 no. There are people that will come here. All they will come to do is to pass through because they will just come to school. Maybe they come to Dalhousie, you know, to do a program and they finish the program and they go away. There has to still be a relationship. People have to be free, you know, to serve Jesus wherever they are, okay? I know the way I'm talking might sound, might sound very hard today, but I just want to share what's on my heart with you guys. And I want every one of us to think this way, to think this way, all right? So it's the, the easy thing for us to do is just to tell people, tell people, when you watch a good movie, you tell people, you tell people by reflex, whether the movie is even good or bad, like in my office now, it's coming to, to America, they, they, are not, they do not allow me rest, it's coming to America, everybody, <laughs> oh, is Africa like this, is this the way it is in Africa, do you have elephants, say, are you, you are in the 21st century, 
shouldn't you even know by yourself? <laughs> now, nobody has elephants in their palace, you know? But they are talking about it. Like, everybody is, you know, constantly, because it excites them. This is what we don't want in believers' house, that you are more excited about carnal things than the things of God. Do you know that there are Christians who, they are, they are, they are more, what's the English now? More proud, is that a good, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say, of their being black than being a Christian. Do you know that? That they will go for Black Lives Matter, carry rally, give me the mic, give me the mic, but call evangelism, <laughs> call evangelism, they will run away from the mic, they will be at the back, <laughs> they will be strolling at the back, they, they don't want to touch the mic in evangelism because there's no social reward for that one, there's no social efficiency, they cannot snap, uh, snapchat, or, or do uh, reels <laughs> and put on Instagram. There's nothing like that for evangelism. So they don't want that. They want something that will give them social credibility, right? We have to, be, we have to understand that our spiritual heritage in Christ comes before our, whatever our skin color is. Whatever, whether you're white, you're black, you're brown, you're, you being a Christian is more important than that. And I know this is a controversial statement, but it's the fact of the Bible. Because your spiritual heritage will outlive your blackness. There's no blackness in heaven. Do you think they have Black Lives Matter in heaven? Where people are carrying placards and, and on, on which street, Steph? On the street of God is where you want to become and be doing it. You know, there's nothing like that. Even the, the idea of it sounds, you know, ridiculous. There's nothing like that. There's no race. There's no, people are, there's, there's a lot of diversity in heaven. We have shared, said that before. But it's not what brings us together. What brings us together in heaven is the presence of God. Is the pressing of God. And that's the way it has to be here. That's the way it has to be. So I'm, I'm begging you guys, let's not, you know, get into this thing where we are, we are you know, I, I mean, I, I don't have too much, you know, respect for people who want to who talk more about, you know, they prefer to talk to you about, you know, things like soccer, all these things. I'm not saying they are bad, but it must not take preeminence over the gospel, the kingdom. That's the most important thing. Jesus said, my, my brother, they came to Jesus one time, Luke chapter 8. Do I, do I have that? Luke chapter 8. Look at it. They came to Jesus and said, it was told him by some, by some, Luke chapter 8, 20 to 21, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, my mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. <laughs> so Jesus is saying to them that, I don't, all those people that are there, I don't send them. I send, <laughs> this is his blood that he's talking about. So he said, I don't send them. I, these are the people, the people who are doing the word of my, the will of my father. Those are the people that are my brothers and sisters. That's the attitude. That's the way that Jesus sees this thing. Let me move on. Point number two, here we grow. So we've said here we come. Number two, here we grow. We grow. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 in the Amplified. It says, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal. Growing spiritually. And we've stressed this. Whatever point you are right now, you can grow. Growth is not that you are a baby. That's not what we are saying. We are saying even if you think you are a giant, there is still a height that you can achieve until you come to the fullness of Christ. Except you can stand and tell me that you have come to the fullness of Christ. Except you can say that. Then I will take you to the lake. Thank God in Halifax. This is, this is Canada's ocean playground. I will take you to a nearby lake and tell you to walk on the water. The minute you walk on it, I will release you that you have now come to the fullness, <laughs> to the fullness of the statue of Christ until we get to the point where we have come to the full man. And that doesn't happen, honestly, until we get to heaven. That's the truth. Okay, so we will always continue to grow, always continue to grow. So I've stressed this, that our goal is discipleship. For discipleship to happen, I want you to write down this acronym. We have to be hot, H-O-T. 
And that means to be honest, to be open, and to be transparent. That is the key to discipleship. If, I mean, I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming like him, but I'm not Jesus, <laughs> okay? So if you don't tell me that something is going wrong or that you need help somewhere, don't expect me to interfere into your, you know, to, to in, interrupt your life or come after you and say, you know, my job, like I've told you before, as a pastor is, number one, to teach the word of God. That's my primary assignment, to teach you what the Bible says and then to pray for you, to take you to God in prayer. And I'm, I've been doing that. Even some of you that are sitting down here, even before you, you actually came physically, I've been praying for you. And, and my prayer is not, God, bring them, God, bring them. It's that God will help you, that you will grow in, in spiritual and body, financially, spiritually. That's, that's my prayer for every single one of you. I have you written down in my, in my book of life. That was the, my prayer book. I call it book of life. <laughs> I have your name written down there. I pray for you constantly. Constantly I'm praying for you. That's my job as a pastor. But for us to, to get into this thing where we are all growing together, we have to be open with one another. We have to be transparent. Everybody has to be honest and open to this idea. Alright, so this is very important. Now, look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. We've, we've looked at this scripture together before. As, new, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That you may grow thereby. We grow by embracing all of these values that we've shared before, all our core values, love, generosity, the word of God, worship, prayer, fasting. We grow through service, by serving God and serving other people. These are the ways we grow. We, then we grow also by, by feeding on the word of God, feeding on God's word. And I want to stress that today, that here we are not, you know, we're not, there's, there's this attitude among Christians that, you know, when you come to church, for instance, and you hear a message once, that's the end of the message. You know, like just hear the message once and, you know, that's the end of it. No, we don't do one and done here. We See, that scripture, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that says, faith comes by hearing. I think I have that as well. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In the Greek, it is present continuous. The way it was written is present continuous. He's saying this is something that should, that should happen consistently. It's not that faith comes by having heard. It's not a one-time thing. It's not something that just happens and it's done. You have to keep hearing it. You have to keep hearing it. And this is the other thing that I hear from a lot of Christians that, you know, I, I, I don't, sometimes I read the Bible, I don't remember what I read. Does that happen to you? That I, maybe you read a, a whole chapter of the Bible, but you don't really remember anything. You, have, you can't capture what you have read. Listen, I don't remember what I heard, heard two weeks ago. I don't remember it. But it nourished my body, didn't it? Are you with me? I don't remember. Like, I ate, maybe I ate, you know, <laughs> jollof rice <laughs> or something yeah, two weeks ago on Sunday, on Sunday afternoon. But I don't remember it experientially. I can't remember it. Uh, but I, I can remember the one that I ate in Jean's house. The, <laughs> that's their sauce. <laughs> I remember that one. There are some food like that. But I'm saying generally speaking, you don't remember, you know, food like that. It's the same way with the word of God. Sometimes you can't remember it, but you have to be disciplined enough to keep listening to it every single day. You must be disciplined enough. That's the discipline, guys. That's what will result in growth. See, when I was growing up, as, that's why, you see, when I hear people talk nowadays, I'm just like, wow, this is very interesting. See, when, when I was younger, when, when I was, like, a, you know, in my teenage years, myself and my younger brother, we used to go to redemption camp, you know, for Holy Ghost Convention or whatever it is. And we are there from the beginning to the end, like the whole week. 
We are not messing around. It's not that, you know, this one that you just check in one service and go away. We are, we, are, we are living there. Sometimes we are living inside the auditorium. Then maybe the next year, they now got us a small place to live and all of that. We will listen to the messages in the, in the program. After we are done listening to the messages, we'll buy all the tapes. These were not CDs. So maybe I'm dating myself a little bit, but it was tapes. <laughs> tapes. We will play the tapes to the point that the tape will cut. Then we will join it together with, with cello tape <laughs> and roll it to where the tape has cut, then start it from that point. See, we listen to some messages to the point that we could recite the messages. Where I will be playing Daddy, Daddy G or my younger brother will be playing the interpreter. We knew the messages word for word. Do you know what it takes to listen to a message to the point where you know the message? That's, that's how I was feeding on the word of God. Some of the things that you hear me say now or that I'm expressing is not because I'm one genius. It's because things have entered into my spirit. I was sharing the other day about, about when, I, when I was attending uh, Covenant Christian Center, you know, before it became Covenant Nation with Pastor Kodjo. I will go to church. See, my Sunday is, is Sunday. It's not, I don't plan any other thing for Sunday. I will go to church in the morning. Then we're doing uh, the, the, the advertisement for the church was one church, uh, three centers, five services. That was the big deal. So I will go to the first service in the morning. That's where I will do my worship. So we'll do praise and worship. We'll do all of that. Then the message. They planned the, message, the, the services in such a way that every time, like the time slots, is, is enough for him to preach one message, drive to the next venue and preach, drive to the next venue and preach. He will preach all the five services. It's the same message. It's not that he's preaching a different message. It's the same message. He just comes and repeats the message. But I will listen to the first one. When I see that he has entered through the back <laughs> and he's going, me to carry my load, drop my offering and get out. I will enter my car and follow him. I will attend every single service. I'm not exaggerating this. So there are people who know this. That is not a joke that I'm saying. My wife knows too. I will attend every single services, five services on a Sunday morning. Just because I want to understand what the word for that day is. I want it to get into my spirit. It's not something that I want to just hear once and go away. That's why we have things like the podcast. That's why we have YouTube. It's not for, you know, just for strange people to be listening. It's for us to go back to it. Even me, I still listen to, as awkward as it is, I still listen to my messages over and over again. I listen to myself preach over and over again. Because I want to hear the things that I said. I want to be sure that, okay, I, I said this the way it was supposed to be said. And at the same time, I'm getting blessed. Sometimes I just listen to it absent-mindedly like I'm not the one preaching the message. So how much more we that are the members of the church? So we need, to, we need to understand that this is not a place where we're going to be tired of the word of God. We, later in the future, we'll get to the point where we are doing, like, baiting in the word of God. Where we'll have people come in that from morning to night, all we are doing is hearing messages. So this is very important. I just want these things to sink into our hearts today. That this is the kind of people that we are. This is who we are. Okay? Let me move on to my final point. Point number three. Here we go. Here we go. So we've said here we come. Here we grow. Number three, here we go. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 in the Passion Translation. Look at what it says. And it said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. I chose this translation because it expresses what the Greek actually says the best. It, it, is, it, is, it is as you are going. It's not that Jesus just said, you know, randomly, go into all the world. He's telling them that, I know you have a life to live. You are going to be living your life normally. As you are going, as you are doing that, please 
preach the gospel, as you are doing that, as you, as you go about your job, as you go, you know, about your work, whatever it is you are doing, as you go about your school, make sure that you are preaching the gospel. And it says, to the entire human race. To the entire human race. And this idea of, you know, diversity that we've been talking about is this idea that the country where we are is the country called Canada. There are some people that are in other countries that they don't have the opportunity of having different people show up, right? Where it's just, maybe we are in Nigeria, it's just a group of people, you know. But when you are in a country like this, where there are multiple nationalities, you should, you should do your best to embrace all of those nationalities and not make your church, you know, just one, one specific kind of people. Am I making sense, guys? And not just, you know, say that, you know, do everything in a way that only suits a certain kind of, you know, I've heard, I've heard things that, some, some, some people have said that our, even our worship is like special number. <laughs> it's a cultural thing, guys. It's a cultural thing. When you say, you know, oh, these, are, these songs, I, I don't like these songs. I can't dance to them. It's because where you're coming from, you like dancing. <laughs> there are people here that don't dance like that. that since they've been going to church when they were small, they've never danced. <laughs> They've never done all this one that they've been doing like that, shaking like this. They've never done it. <laughs> so it's, it's just a cultural idea. And you, you have to be able to give up, you know, of yourself like that and so that you can accommodate other people. Because there are some people that, the moment you come and start saying, Ebami, rabba, 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 and you start doing that, ah, they'll just be like, no, no, no. <laughs> this is not the place. <laughs> this is not the place for me, okay? So it has to be something that is universal, something that everybody, you know, can at least understand what you are saying and sing along, all right? Okay. Uh, let's move on. As, as, as you go, Jesus said, so believers also is a place of equipping, equipping for life, equipping for destiny. That's what we're here to do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to verse 13. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So it, what me I'm doing this morning is not really ministry. I'm equipping you for ministry. That's the whole idea. That's the big plan here. That people come in here and get equipped so that you can go out there and do, you know, the work of ministry as you go, as you are going about your daily life. And this is the culture of lifestyle evangelism that I always talk about, that you cannot be, you cannot be a member of Believer's House and at any point in time in your life, there is no one person that you can say, this is the person that I am actively praying for or reaching out to win to Christ. You have to have somebody at every given point in time. The minute that person becomes, you know, born again, then you, you look for another person and say, okay, this is the next person. Now, you don't, you are, you don't have a pulpit. You cannot come. Me now, I can come now and maybe I see somebody who maybe I've never seen before and I feel like, okay, maybe this person is not yet a Christian. I can give an altar call. You know, that's easy and the person can get born again and all of that. But... The people that will, will really, really connect with this message of the gospel are the people that you talk to in your own private space. In your private space, I can count. Most of the people that God has helped me to win to Christ is by lifestyle evangelism. It's by getting to know people, connecting with people, right? And, and, and getting into their lives. Before you now start throwing, you know, you will die, you will, you will go to a fire. You leave all of that first. Get to know the person. Do you understand? Like, interact with people. You are in, you are in an apartment, apartment building. You don't even know anybody's name. You don't talk to anybody. You are not, you know, there's no opportunity there. You're just in your own cubicle. And I know people can be very reserved around here, but you have to go out of your way, like Jesus did with that woman by the well, and reach out to people. This is what this is all about. This is what this is all about. Church is not just for us to come, sit down, and all of us are happy together because we are all going to heaven. And the people that are out there who don't know Jesus, 
we leave them out of everything, okay? So that's very important. Let's move on. Let me just tie this up. So I've spoken about, let me just leave this. I've spoken about this, this um, culture of release, which is that we are not going to hold people down here. Uh-huh. We're not going to hold anybody down. People always leave a church. That is a constant. Uh-huh. A church is, even me, let me tell you, you know that even me, there's no guarantee that I will be here forever. Do you know that? Oh, does that surprise you? Do you know that, that, that there's no guarantee? As, as far as, as long as, you know, me, I'm saying, oh, my, this is all I'm going to do with my whole life. I'm committed to this. You know, I'm so passionate about this. And I'm talking, maybe God is just looking at me and just laughing that he doesn't know that he's going to hand over this thing to somebody else. You know, that, and I've seen that happen over and over again with churches. That, you know, I mean, Pastor Piki Olawale that we, 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 we had um, the faith webinar with two, two editions ago. He's a very good example of that. He has planted so many churches. Today, he's not pastoring any one of them. You know, plant and God will say, move on. Go and do another one. You will plant God will say, move on. Go and do another one. But those churches are still existing. Because this is the whole idea where you grow people. People grow to the point where they become mature. It's not just to come to church and sit down. It's because we are in the beginning, no. It's not to come to church and sit down. There will be a time where you are coming to church, you are coming to serve, you are coming to do things. And, and you, are, you, are, you are giving of yourself. You are giving of yourself in that way. And this is very important. And people will get to the point where you mature to that point where we, let me not reveal too much of, you know, let me just, today I'm just sharing, I'm just pointing out, all right? I don't want to say too much, but I, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying, all right? We have a culture of testimonies, a culture of testimonies. And this is another tricky one that, you know, some people come from a place where they like to undo the microphone in church, you know? Like some, I've been, I've been around, you know, churches. And I, I remember when we were youth pastoring, I used to tell the teenagers that testimony time is not the time to give us an update on your life. We can go to Instagram and see the update on your life, okay? Some people use testimony. I'm not saying this is what everybody does. I'm saying some places. They use testimony time as an opportunity to show that I've stepped up more than you. My level has changed now. Like, I'm no longer on your level. <laughs> the testimony does not edify anybody. We can't draw any principles from it. We don't know, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing. You just come and say, so now you look at the old testimony and say, ah, so what's the, what's the testimony? <laughs> and the pastor is even saying, tell us the testimony. Go to the testimony. And they are just dragging and dragging the thing and telling us everything that has happened. You know, we're not going to do that here. That's why I've made up my mind that what we're going to do is if people have testimonies to share, like Samson shared one with me this week, you know, and I was, uh, we prayed for Samson that God will help him with this. And he shared with me a major step that has already happened this week. And I'm, and I'm, I'm grateful to God for that, right? It's not to now come and give something mic. Something now wants to sound, it wants to sound impressive. It wants to sound, you know, like this is a testimony. Then you will now garnish it with salt and pepper. Things that didn't, that didn't really happen. <laughs> because it's human nature. You are, you are just, you know, you want your testimony to sound nice. So you will just, you know, add things here and there that are not really, you know, the truth as it were. And that, that no longer edifies anybody. It doesn't edify anybody. So you have something that God has done for you. We like, see, I'm not looking for proof that I'm a man of God. I'm not. I have enough proof. Uh-huh. You know what I used to do when I, was, when I was leading campus fellowship? You know, when you're still very young in the ministry and you're looking for proof, you know, you tell everybody to submit testimony, you know. <laughs> I kept all those, I have testimonies that people have submitted to me when I was doing campus fellowship that proved that I'm a man of God. So I don't need, <laughs> I don't need any more. That's what I'm saying. I don't need any more proof that it's not about me. Uh-huh. For us to say, oh, you're a, you're a big man of God. Let's 
tell what God has done. No, 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 no. If God does something for you, you can send it to the email address, right? If I look at it and I see that, okay, there's, there's a principle to be learned here, or there's something, you know, this is something that can edify people, I will share that, you know, with everybody. Your goal is not for you to be the one sharing it. Your goal is that it is shared and people are blessed by it. If that is the motive, then it's okay. Then you can send it and say, okay, this is what God did to me. Or, okay, we prayed about this. This is what happened, you know, so that people can learn from it. Because, you see, the, 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 the word in the Hebrew that, that is rendered testimony in the Bible is the word adot. It's E-D-U-T, but it's pronounced adot. This is what it means. It means do it again with the same power and authority. So when you share a testimony, you are really saying God is about to repeat this thing in the lives of the people that you are sharing it with. That's what you are really saying. So he's saying do it again with the same power and the same authority. It means showing a method or a danger. So when you share a testimony, you are showing people a method through which they can, they can achieve a particular result or to warn them of, of, of existing dangers concerning that. One who gives evidence and tells the truth. These are the, meaning of the, the meanings of the word testimony. Somebody who gives evidence, who gives evidence and tells the truth. So our testimony is really just our witness, our, our, what we have seen, the things that we have seen, the things that we have experienced. Simply put, I was blind, now I see. Right? Like, like John chapter 9 verse 25, where, where the blind man said, I was blind, but now I don't know whether this man is, a, is, a, is genuine or is fake. All I know is that once I was blind, now I see. And that's the same thing when we try to reach out to people. It's just to tell them our testimony. That's what preaching to people is. Tell them your own testimony. This is what I was. This is what I am now. This is, this is how my life was. This is what God has done for me. Okay? Again, I, I, I want to thank you for listening today and being patient. Because I know that these messages are not, you know, the next week I will share one with you that will excite you. Okay? <laughs> Trust me. Next week I will share. I, I like to preach. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> Preaching is, a, is something that I enjoy. Honestly, I enjoy preaching. So I like to preach, and I know how to, to share nice message. But we have to eat this. It's just like eating our vegetables, right? We have to eat this. This is, this is who we are. We have to understand it from the beginning. We need to all be on the same page. That's why I'm taking my time, you know, to share things like this and try to sink it into our hearts that this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is what we stand for. So I'll, I'll wrap it up there for today. I won't even go for that. I'll just leave it there for today. I have... I have I'll just leave everything else. Uh, yep. Just bow your heads. Let's pray. And let's just thank God. I believe that, you know, the Bible says, either has and hear, let him hear uh, what the Spirit is saying. It's not in the multitude of the, of the words, but I want to trust God that your, your heart is open to receive the word of God today. Just pray and, and talk to God and ask him to, to help you. If there's anything, like I said the first time we shared this, there's anything that scares you about reaching out to other people, about inviting people, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Help me. Give me the wisdom. Give me the wisdom. Give me the wisdom. Give me opportunities. Give me opportunities to be a witness. Opportunities. Let opportunities come that will, that will help me to share the gospel with other people. Let me have opportunities. If you pray for opportunities, you will see opportunities. Trust me. If you pray for opportunities, God will give you opportunities. People will come your way that will need you to pray for them. It's just to ask them, is it okay if I pray for you? Start that way. Is it okay if I pray with you about this? Is it okay if I, if I pray for you? Right? And, and invite people to say, okay, I, I mean, I go to church. If you are okay with coming to church, come with me. Pray for, for God to give you wisdom, the way to go about this. That we will not, not just be living our lives for ourselves alone. 
but we will, be, we will be bold. We will be bold and courageous to reach out to others. That Believer's House will not be a place where we just come and all of us you know, are just Christians and we are just doing our thing, but that we are reaching out. We are reaching out to other people. Ask God for help today. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for help. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And Father, we thank you for your word today. And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish every one of us in this truth and indeed in all righteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. God bless you. Thank you so much for showing up today. Uh, just a, a few announcements before we, we head out. Prayer nights is this week. We're starting on Tuesday. 